Hey friends, this is Elisa Haggerty, and today we'll be mapping unlearning on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Elisa Haggerty. Elisa Haggerty is a conscious leadership coach and host of the School of Unlearning podcast. Elisa helps leaders and teams embrace soft skills so that they can bring more play, curiosity, and humanity to their work. Elisa is also a dear friend, and I'm proud to share a graduate of Full Body Systems. Hi, Elisa. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm so excited to have this time with you. Hi, Andrea. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. I love this topic. And I'm wondering if before we go any further, you can define for us what you mean by unlearning. Oh, wow. The question that I actually ask all my podcast guests is, what is the definition of unlearning? So I love that you're putting me on the spot here. (laughs) As I think about it, I don't have a definitive linear definition. What I feel in my body when I think of unlearning is sort of like a release, a level of growth, and a level of acceptance. And the way that I think of it is that it's an iterative process of getting to know the self again. I think over the years, we get really distracted by, you know, family, societal, cultural influences. And this idea of unlearning is really like a coming home. And that's what feels like, you know, most resonant with me these days. Yeah, it's so fascinating. And I want to talk about why it feels so resonant for you. But when I think about it, Elisa, I think about the practitioner experience for sure, getting caught in the information trap and the evidence trap, always looking externally for the answer when there might be something more obvious we need to turn our attention to and that kind of clinical instinct that we've lost, but also the patient experience where we are learning to place trust outside of our body and spirit. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you were speaking about that from like the practitioner lens, I think a lot about the way that we're all taught, like that there's going to be a solve for a medical condition or a health condition is that it's very linear, you know? And what I appreciate about your work is that you've taught us how to be agile in our thinking and to consider multiple inputs, you know, both past, present, and future. I think that we do as practitioners of all kinds, we really need to unlearn that there's one way to work with a patient or to solve a case. That requires trust. (laughs) It requires a little bit of being agile and fluid, and it requires a heaping amount of curiosity. That's what I kind of think when I think about, you know, applying this to the practitioner model. 
Yeah, it's so interesting. I was speaking to Megan O'Rourke earlier today, and that episode by now has already come out, but we were talking about how working with chronic health conditions is more of an art than a science. And that is what I hear you saying too. Like this is more of an art. We're so stuck or mired in the necessity of the science, but we shouldn't be mired there. We have to unlearn that way alone. Yeah. I mean, I think we do. And I I think the reason we want to go towards like wanting a quick fix or a formula or an answer right away is, you know, that feels safe to us initially. And that allows us to kind of deescalate ourselves and show up for the patient or the client whom we're serving. But I do think that this idea of unlearning is most critical in the healthcare space. If we can really meet people where they are and hear their story and hear everything, you know, their antecedents, their triggering events, their mediators, like you map out in the matrix, you know, we get a chance to grow and to broaden our sense of how to work with the condition or the person at hand. I think it's crucial for healing, honestly. Like one of my podcast guests actually said, she said, you know, honestly, unlearning is just healing. It's just coming back to like the present moment. It's coming back to what is versus what we think it should be. And I know that's sort of like a very meta-spiritual approach, but I think that's what healing is in all forms of medicine. Yeah. And you talk to and work with Elisa, not just practitioners and patients, but also leaders of all sorts. Are there other traps that we fall into that keep us from unlearning or keep us from, I don't even know how to phrase that, but keep us from the practices that prevent us from being in that more intuitive space? Yeah. I mean, I think when you think about this idea of unlearning, to me, it it can be best positioned as a coming home. And it's also simply just an invitation to ask bigger questions. So I think about that when, you, you know, you think about leadership or, you know, in the healthcare space, it's like, can we just pause, come back to our bodies and ask questions that open us up versus seeking one particular answer, one formula? One of my guests, Kate Fagan, who wrote the book, All the Colors Came Out, she's an incredible journalist. She talked a lot about how she believed unlearning happens in degrees. And if you can even shift a belief, a construct that's really held you captive for a couple decades by just 10% year after year, you know, if you can loosen your grip on perfectionism, if you can loosen your grip on binary thinking like right and wrong, if you can just open up, you know, that closed fist a little bit, you do begin to unlearn, you do begin to transform. But it's not an overnight process. It's something that we really have to kind of rumble with every single day. And when we're thinking about nutrition, one thing that came to mind is, and I remember my days of, you know, working in the, you know, health coaching nutrition space, a lot of my clients were really stuck on black and white thinking, you know, like they were very all or nothing. And it took a lot of work of really getting to know them and their story and building rapport and and trust to help them understand that like small is big. And that's a huge unlearning, you know, and that we can do that by asking questions and accepting the symptom or the condition as it is. And then finding like the nugget of insight that it's there to teach us. Like that's a huge unlearning if we can even just rumble with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love just listening to you, Elisa, thinking about what a seeker you are. So even as you reference the different guests that have been on your podcast, you yourself are in that rumble, as you say, with the process of unlearning by saying, what does this mean to you and you and you and you? So why is it something that came to you as 
a topic or a practice, I should say, that you wanted to really explore? You know, as I was thinking about, I have this podcast, right? The School of Unlearning. I launched it in July of 2021. And it just came to me. I was like, there needs to be a space, a community where we can actively talk about unlearning or reconsidering or even just rethinking beliefs and constructs that we have been digesting (laughs) for our entire lives and we've been sitting with our entire lives. And I think it came to me acutely, the language of unlearning, because I was sitting, you know, at that point, we were probably two years into the pandemic, roughly. I had just left a job at a really great medical company and I was starting something new on my own. And I realized I had to redefine success. I had to redefine community. And those are things I thought I had such a great grip on. You know, you think you <laughs> you have it all together and you're good to go. But I realized once I left that job and I started my own journey, I really had to reconsider and unlearn what all of my metrics of success and happiness were. So I decided to start a podcast because I wanted to have conversations with people like you and Claude Silver and Kate Fagan and Luke Burgess and all these incredible minds that have been actively unlearning and questioning their entire lives. And so I figured I'm kind of selfish in this way. Whenever I want to solve something or work with something, I just create the thing for it. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, cool, I'm rumbling with this. I'm sure there's other people out there. Like, let's get on the microphone and let's jam. Yeah, it makes me think of this constant check-in that we can have where we're kind of assessing our biases and asking what do I need to unlearn here? And even, you know, bringing it back to the clinical practice, when we hear our clients or patients stuck in a place that we can ask that question, what do we need to unlearn here to move past this story that we're telling ourselves or that you're telling yourself, depending on the relationship there, of course. But it really makes me think about the beauty of that question and that meditation what do I need to unlearn here? And I was going to ask you, Elisa, if you can speak more into the how. How do we unlearn? Because we all can't have a podcast to ponder and rumble. We can listen to yours. (laughs) But in addition to asking the question, how do we unlearn? Well, that's a big question. And I don't know that there's one answer, right? That's the whole journey of it. But I do think it does begin with understanding our playbook. Like, what's the playbook that we've been living by for 20, 30, 50, 60 years that we have just metaphorically and sometimes literally just consumed? Whether it be beliefs about nutrition, beliefs about calories, beliefs about what our weight should be, what a healthy diet should be. Like, these are all things that, whether we know it or not, we were kind of spoon-fed from a very young age through multiple inputs like parents, family, people in the school systems, media. And we start to realize that we've been operating on someone else's playbook. So my first thing that I think about it in my leadership coaching and the people who I have on my podcast is just like, what was your first playbook and how you thought life should be as a kid? You know, I think that allows us all to be like, oh, this is the life I've been abiding by. Most people don't generally get through life and, you know, really realize how much they haven't questioned things. We're just kind of operating on autopilot. So my first thing is, Become aware of the playbook that you're living by. And then I always ask people, who wrote that playbook? And then I ask them, how's it working for you? (laughs) And then we start to figure out, well, if it's not working, how do we know? You know, like if you're really rumbling with what success means in corporate America, 
how can you sense it? How can you feel it? Like, how can you see it unfolding in your life? And then are you willing to unlearn? I think that's a good question to ask. Again, I think unlearning is just an invitation to question. And most people don't want to question big, big, big things because it's so hard to deconstruct, you know, this world that we've created. So just being honest with yourself and be like, you know what, I know I need to make a certain amount of money. I'm just not willing to unlearn that yet. And maybe, you know, that's okay too. And from there, you kind of get to a place of like, okay, I know my playbook. Most of it is serving me. There's a few things I really want to rumble with and question. And I'm willing to do that work to create new belief systems and constructs that do serve my core identity. Mm, I just love that. It really makes me think about the journey of parenting in a way. I mean, one of the things that I tried to embrace with Gilbert, who's now grown, but there was something called unschooling. And I'm probably going to get this wrong, but unschooling in my interpretation of it was where you kind of watch the child and follow their interest or instinct. And outside of the school system, I would just always do that. So if he was looking to a Frank Lloyd Wright picture and he liked the architecture, we'd go to the library and I'd get a bunch of books and I would just put them on the coffee table so they'd be there for him to sit down and look through. And just kind of following that lead was always really fun because I was tapped into the person of course, through my bias. I mean, that's always hard to let go of, but I was trying to tap into what I was seeing and hearing. And what I'm hearing you say is like, we do that unschooling with ourselves. Like there's this opportunity when we light up, like in a conversation to go, oh yes, more. How do I have more of that? Yeah. And I think that we can be unlearning or shifting again, constructs, beliefs, ways of being, and not even know it. You know, sometimes you're going through like a spiritual crisis or maybe a relationship crisis and you're not really you're you're in the weeds you know like you're you're in distress and you're not even aware that you're doing it and i think that's the beautiful thing about human transformation is that sometimes we get to the end of um there's a great quote but i'm blanking on the author but there's this idea of like we come out of the storm we can look back and be like oh i was really unlearning everything you know in that moment of survival or transformation And I think that's a really beautiful thing for us all to consider is that you don't have to be like have great metacognition throughout it all. Sometimes you are just surviving or going through different growth paths. But if you can reflect and look back, you can be like, oh, I no longer abide by this way of being. You know, I no longer believe I need to make this amount of money. I no longer believe that it's bad to be single. You know, like you sometimes only know that by looking back. And the other thing I think is really interesting, speaking to your story about Gilbert, is that Sometimes unlearning, and I I think unlearning happens in two ways, by a a triggering event like a trauma, you know, a micro trauma or a big T trauma. That can definitely be one of those moments where you think, okay, (laughs) like maybe it's a, you know, diagnosis or a death of, of, of somebody close to you. And you start to say, I really need to operate on a different sort of internal operating system moving forward. But a lot of times unlearning happens through joy too. And people don't talk about this enough. I think about this example like, you know, just falling in love, you know, falling in love with someone you didn't think you were supposed to fall in love with. And then maybe same gender or a different gender. And all of a sudden you have this like massive opening of your worldview and your perspective. And you start to unlearn your own sort of very narrow view of how life should be. But it comes from a place of joy and awakening. And I think that's also really cool to realize the the lightness that can happen with unlearning. 
Mm, I really, really appreciate that because it does bring us face to face with our biases. And then we get to ask ourselves, what do I need to unlearn here? So Elisa, final question for you. And this may be a hard one, (laughs) but I know you're deep in this conversation. Is there something that you found as a takeaway for yourself that was like really a nugget that you've been carrying as you've been on this quest, this journey, this exploration, this rumble? Mm. I think that unlearning happens in degrees, you know, that bit by bit, slowly sort of thinking about an idea from different vantage points talking about it in different ways with different language, like that is the beginning of the process of letting go of a construct that isn't serving you before. I think probably growing up, I always thought I'd meet one person, I would date them for a very long time, we would get married and happily ever after. And then you start to realize that there's a lot more nuance in human relationships. So if you can even consider the joy that can come from being in a relationship for a short period of time and how transformational that can be, or even a career that, you know, just because something isn't forever doesn't make it any less valuable and that you know you can slowly relationship or career experience bit by bit you can start to see that that's massive that small is big and that unlearning does happen in these small micro moments and degrees so that's one of the things I think about all the time is just getting back to it being a big experience that happens in small degrees Yeah, I love that. I wrote small is big and circled it in my notebook. (laughs) I guess I do have one final question. Can I claim the matrix as a tool of unlearning? Uh, I think you can, actually, as I'm looking at it. (laughs) I mean, it's basically a map, right? It's a map of the human experience. And I think uh, I've actually filled this out before with unlearning in mind. I might have to send you a picture of of everything I wrote down. But please, um, yeah, I think it's you've got it. For sure. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Elisa. So great to speak with you. Thank you for having me. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our full body systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.